everyone this is a call to actions today is a very special day and i believe anyone from any background will be interested in what we have for you today we have a man a paducah kentucky resident his name is herbert martin i just i called him up a few days ago he answered the call and we're going to be talking about one of his many cutting edge inventions that are here to to help the planet and make make this planet better for future generations we're talking about a gyroscopically stabilized saucer shaped vertical takeoff and landing aircraft also known as a vitola v t o l a so herbert martin let me just welcome you to a call to actions. Thank you for being on here. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yes, yes. So starting starting out, how did you get into this type of research and development and wanting to become an inventor? And then we'll get into what this invention really is. Well, back when I was in college, I don't, ideas would just come to me and... Uh, out of nowhere, really. I don't know where they would, where they would pop up, but I would think this will make things better for whoever is going to be using this item. And uh, but truthfully, with what we want to talk about now, the Vitola, um, when the United States first started their space program, uh, I was sitting at. Um, my mother-in-law's uh, kitchen table, and I was watching television, and I saw the very first space shot. And for some strange reason, through my mind, when I saw that rocket with all the fire and fury going up into outer space, uh, something passed through my mind, and it said, don't uh, blast through the atmosphere, float through it or ease through it. And I don't know why, but that was that's kind of stuck with me, and uh, and it still is sticking with me today. And that's how I got started with uh, trying to do inventions and designs in this spe specific area. But you know, I'm, I do a lot of things. I've always done lots of things, and and maybe that's been my problem. I wanted to before we talk about that. I wanted to tell you a couple of. I'm I'm a a writer and. Uh, and painter. I, I used to do architectural illustrations. I have written and illustrated three children's stories. This is one of my books. This is a Christian allegory, and it's called In the Garden, and I did all of these illustrations and published it. My second children's story well, was a, well, somebody's taking it from me. But anyway, this is my third one. This is called uh, Egbert the Acrophobic Eagle, and this is about an eagle that, that has all kinds of fears. So this is a book about overcoming your fears. And I wrote it in using a, a verse style, and I moved the text forward by using cartoons, and then I, I 
included just some serious paintings uh, of eagles in there without any text uh, involved in it. And then I've also written poems. Uh, I've got a book of poems here. I, and when I was teaching, uh, my students were having a difficult time uh, in making the transition to, to the math that I required. So I wrote a, a book called Shapes Equal Equations. And this is just a math book that explains the derivation of, of mathematical formula. And of course, my second book, I didn't, I don't have it here, but I, it's a book about uh, the climate change and, and, and uh, things like that. But yeah. back to, to, to the real point, my mind said something is wrong with the way uh, we're approaching the space program. And so that's how I happened to get into doing these inventions. And I, I'm going to say this, my mind has proven me to be correct because, and this, I know this will sound controversial to you, and if I may say this, the thing, we're, at, we're going through a climate crisis right now, and uh, we're having wildfires and, and and we're having floods all over the place and, and the temperatures are rising all over the world and everybody is saying it's the, it, the climate crisis is because of depletion of the ozone layer. Now, this is what I'm going to say. People have said that the ozone layer is being depleted because of cow flatulence or methane, um, produced by animals and then by spray cans of fluorocarbons and things like that. Well, these are all kind of far-fetched notions because I can tell you now that the ozone is being depleted because of, of the space program. Be the ozone is being depleted because rocket ships are going, passing through it with all that heat lifting them up, lifting all that heavy metal up, you need all that heat and, and burning up all those uh, fossil fuels, and they're burning off the ozone. Ozone is O3, oxygen is O2, and, and it's not possible for uh, the uh, methane that, that comes from cow flatulence to re even reach the, the ozone layer because the, the atomic number for ozone is much smaller than the atomic number for methane and, and those other things. So they're heavier, heavier. And also, ozone is produced by lightning flashing through the clouds. When, when lightning flashes through the clouds, it generates ozone. That's being pr produced high up in the atmosphere. Methane, and they're, they're down here at the ground. So if they have a, he a larger atomic number, there's no way for them to reach up to the, to the ozone layer anyway. So that, I'm, I'm stating that the reason that the ozone is disappearing is because of the space program and with, with billionaires now deciding to, to, to uh, joyride, it's gonna get only worse. It can't get better in the future, it'll only get worse. So I, I agree completely. I agree completely with that. 
And as long as I've been around, which is, uh, you know, a fraction of what you've seen, you know, I'm, I'm 33 years old and still here, you know, here we are in 2021 and we're still shooting rockets into the upper atmosphere. And anyone who is environmentally conscious at all can see the amount of pollution. But most people are just fascinated by rocketry for some reason. And I'm, I'm not fascinated with it. After doing a uh, patent, doing research into patents and finding that there are human beings who have in, inventions for flying saucers, uh, you being one of them, it, it doesn't make sense that rockets are, are still part of our, uh, tra our tra uh, transportation program. And <laughs> detailingly being space travel. But you have you have a better idea if you can link that in with uh, space travel and the ozone. Um, where does your invention become a solution to both transportation, pollution, and the ozone? Well, my uh, first of all, I have a, a published patent for a device now that will track the sun and you can put it out anywhere and it'll automatically turn and face the sun and start generating electricity. It's not fixed like solar panels. It, it, it's set up so that uh, whenever it's, no matter where it is, it, it finds the sun. And the sun and it takes the sun and gathers all uh, of the sun within the sphere uh, of uh, the contraption that I've devised and, and pinpoints all of that sun on one spot and generates enough heat. It can generate 12,000 degrees of temperature. And in doing that, it can, it, uh, can generate, be hooked up to a generator and produce the, the necessary electricity. So now I've, I've been trying to get in touch with someone in order to start the manufacture of this, I talked with, well, in fact, I had a meeting with four engineers from TVA, and I explained to them how this, this invention worked, and they were just all awed and amazed, and I never heard back from them. And I've, I've talked, everybody that I've written to, nobody wants to write me back, surprisingly, so that's why uh, I'm kind of stuck where I am. But anyway, I can, I can take this device, which uh, I've, I've called it, uh, uh, well, it's just, it's just a, a parabolic dish that will, will generate the electricity. And it, I, use, I do use photovoltaic cells as part of it, but not the dish itself. But I can, can incorporate that dish in, into, and here, here's a, a schematic right here of, of that that uh, invention. Now this is published. Nice. Yeah. So nice. I, I've taken that and this devised a way. Now this is a design of my flying my flying saucer. Okay. Now. Yeah. I've, yes. I've incorporated these things, these items, in the inner workings of of the. And then, and then may, may I say this? 
I, sometimes I feel that Ezekiel, the prophet from the Bible, maybe was looking at me because my design for a flying saucer is a wheel within a wheel. So I have a, a parabolic a, a parabola. Well, no, it's, it's kind of like a fris a big frisbee, really. But mm, yeah, this 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 portion rotates. This portion in the center is stationary. It has these doors that can open that that cause it to turn. Can you hold it up just a little higher? Awesome. That's awesome. good. Yeah. So they they get they have lift, but maybe if I bring, take this, I've got a drawing here. I think. So legitimately, a a flying saucer. Uh, yes. Okay. Here it is. This is the first page of one of, uh, of my patents for the flying saucer. And as you can see, I said I can incorporate the, the generator in the stationary part of the flying saucer and generate the electricity that would be necessary to, to operate this. But what's really interesting about my flying saucer is I, I've got something inside the workings of it that is, I, I call it a sinusoidal ring and the sinusoidal ring when, when these generators generate the electricity they cause in the process of generating they cause the, 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 the outer ring to rotate to spin now as the sinusoidal ring is spinning it's also connected to some pistons and so as they're going up and down because they're stationary and the ring is spinning it's causing suction it creates a vacuum on top and it sucks the air in so you get negative pressure on the top in a or lift in addition to to these flaps and then you build up pressure inside that can be released to give you vertical uh, lift and also the thrust to move things forward so that that's really how how the flying saucer works in a simplistic manner. There's a lot more to it to it than that. But one thing that I want to say about the whole thing when when this outer ring is spinning and and these things are generating electricity, they transfer the electricity to the outer ring so that. This will have some electricity and put some lights on there if you want to. But you have to use brushes. And in the, in the process of using the brushes, they're generating ozone. So this, this saucer will fly. Well, you lost me, I think, or you're up there. Or this thing. But anyway, this saucer will fly without using any fossil fuels. It's, it uses only solar power and water. Now, if you say, how could that help the atmosphere? It can get up there, and if it's generating ozone itself, when it's transferring the electricity, then it's replenishing the ozone layer. But at the same time, it's not depleting the ozone layer because it has no fossil fuels. It, when it, it, 
to make it fly? It seems to be, you know, from where I am, I, I, this is the first time I've heard any of these details. Of course, I've read most of your patent. Um, it seems to be quite the opposite of what we've had for 150 years. You know, what appear to me to be uh, um, fossil fuel powered roller skates that we get into and and as our transportation vessels and then uh, and then rockets that are just seem archaic to me honestly uh, um, they they're extremely polluting um, especially rockets but this actually has the potential uh, to restore what the last industrial civilization completely destroyed it's true I think anyone in their right mind would see that that these these are extremely beneficial, but the the threat to um, the possibly the reason why this technology hasn't been accepted uh, into uh, mainstream society yet is because for nearly one hundred years, um, mainstream media and society have been conditioned that flying saucers are of alien origin um mm. potentially you know going back biblically they could be originally uh you know fallen angel uh, technology but who knows really um so if these flying saucers or vitolas are released to the public there would have to be a social um social conditioning and awareness raised to tell people that these Technologies are being created by human beings, and there is a good potential that we could not only use them as a transportation vessel to slip through the atmosphere, right? In your in your own words, to slip through the atmosphere rather than blast through it, but also restore what the last industrial civilization destroyed. Yeah, that's true. That, in fact, that's exactly what I would love to do. Now, I'm going to, you see, this, now I know that the oil industry and the coal industries, uh, they, they're going to hate me because I'm wanting to generate electricity without using any fossil fuels, but I want to create uh, transportation, aerospace transportation airlines without using fossil fuels also. So, but this, this, flying machine can replace airplanes because it, it can can lift vertically. It's, it will be the safest form of travel because it wouldn't have to come in and land at, at 200, 200 miles an hour. It just comes down and like a Frisbee lands uh, in an easy floating down manner. And uh, it, it, it's a... Uh, but more than that, it, it would be the perfect answer for the space travel. We wanted to, to colonize the moon, say, for instance. The shape of this, this could set down on the moon. Now, it, it could be made. It, it doesn't want to be made out of heavy materials. This could be made from, from a titanium mesh and clear fiberglass, which would make it very, very light. So it wouldn't have all of the, the lift that was needed for, for rockets. But it could set down if the, if the outer hull of this 
is made from clear fiberglass. It can sit down and you can seal the edges of that and and with whatever water you have on board, you can can generate your the oxygen you need and you can start planting in there. But and if the outer hull is made from from clear clear fiberglass, then you can start planting uh, on the moon and start growing your vegetables up there. And all of us yeah. vegetarians could, could eat clear that that is so interesting that that's one thing i wanted to bring up i was thinking about today is the material and you're saying a clear fiberglass clear fiberglass that is strengthened by titanium mesh that that's awesome to think about um and i was thinking titanium would be a, a good resource as well uh it's extremely strong light but clear that that is awesome um I wasn't expecting that. That's uh, one step beyond what I was even imagining. Well, the, in, the interior portion doesn't have to be. I just, I'm just saying the outer hull would be clear fiberglass. The interior hull could, would, would be the same, could be lightweight fiberglass too, but it doesn't have to be clear. But I wanted the, the outer to be clear because uh, you'd be able to see through that and the light, sunlight would come through it and, and it'd be beneficial. For, for, for habitating, uh, for trying to establish a habitation of somewhere else other than Earth. Yeah, yes. Talking about those uh, those specs, um, how fast, uh, estimatingly, uh, could this go, and how how large could this thing be made? It could be made extremely huge. I mean, it could be, you know, city blocks in size. That 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 doesn't that's not a problem. Now, as far as the, the speed is concerned, I really don't know how fast it could go because obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a retired college instructor and uh, I don't have the funds to, to build prototypes for things and I'm not a billionaire. So, so I, I haven't, it would have to be tested to see how, but I, I'm sure it's, it's, it would be based upon how much compression you can build up by, by, Pulling in air from the top side and uh, uh, getting compression inside for lift and for thrust. Now, in outer space, this would really go, move rapidly in outer space because the water that's on board that's being used to generate the, elect the electricity that you need, that water is is being heated by the sun and it's become superheated steam now that's that superheated steam becomes the thrust element when you're in outer space so instead of leaving a carbon trail in outer space you you leave a a, a trail that's that's safe for, for humanity and what we would be doing if we were taking something to the moon we'd be taking ourselves and and Hydrogen and oxygen. And, uh, could it say if it's in a in a tough situation? Uh, would it um, say where there's a, a lack of water, or say the, the onboard the the inhabitants are running out of water? Could it pull in um, gases from the the exterior from outside in space? Uh, hydrogen and oxygen and create a, a liquefied version of that 
um, in outer space. Well, it'd be according to, to what's out, what's in outer space. You can't say it'll bring it. But now we'll tell you this: if if one of these were permanently put up in the in the uh, or, or circling Earth just to use the power of of in the brushes of creating ozone, if you want to replenish ozone, yeah, it could go into the clouds and replenish the the water that you need to power. The, so because it's powered only by solar power and water. So you could go into the clouds and replenish your water up there. But now there, there are not any clouds up on the moon or on any of the other planets in our solar system. Well, unless, but you go down to, to, to uh, Mercury and Venus and something, but that's not something that's made from water. Well, yeah. We- I can imagine one of these being really beneficial, but certainly a fleet of these would be, say, if you have 10 of them um, or 20 of them, 10 or 20 times more beneficial uh, to to the atmosphere and to Earth. Absolutely. Uh, so actually, you stop and think about these. These will be much safer than conventional flight because even if they would fall out of the sky and crash, which they won't, they'll come down softly no matter what. But if they fell out of the sky and crashed, there's no fossil fuel on board. There's only water, so it won't burst into flames. It would be the safest form of transportation. It won't burst into flames. That's interesting to think about. Um, so the, the gyroscope, I think most people are are familiar with gyros say like on a, the handlebars of a bicycle how the hand you can spin the handlebars uh you know the gyro system yeah you know this being the can you explain the gyroscopically stabilized part of the yeah. saucer yeah when i was a boy one of my mother's friends gave me a gyroscope as a toy you know they were looking out for my brain i guess but anyway Gyroscopes are used in, in all the aircraft for, for stabilization. And this is housed within a gyroscope. So it's going to be a, a, it won't tilt and fall. It, it's, it'll be stable in, in its flight. And it's because the spinning motion just holds it stable. Uh, and and that, that's about simply it. Everybody understands a gyroscope. Yeah, ball bearings or um, any type of ball bearings involved, would they be normal uh, metallic ball bearings or would they be, say, like have a, uh, a polar charge to them, uh, like, elect- um, like some type of magnetic ball bearing system or, or what? I hadn't considered uh, any magnetic ball bearings, but I, it does have ball bearings in it, and, you know, because you have to have ball bearings when with the uh, – Sinusoidal ring and the pistons, they have to, to, to be, uh, have ball bearings inside there because they're notched into the ring so that they're moving up and down as the, as the ring moves through its sine wave. It pulls the pistons up and down and, and they suck the air in above it. But now when you get into, if, if you take this into outer space, then what happens is you stop the gyroscope the gyroscope from spinning 
and you lock that in position and in outer space uh, you you won't have the the uh, atmosphere that you pull in to get thrust and things like that so you close off all of those parts and you use the water and the solar power that's housed within the mechanism for for providing your forward thrust and your lift fantastic um uh say a manned hull say with uh, two or three people or if an entire family wanted to go up for a uh, a family mission to uh uh you know restore the ozone is there any idea how long a family would be able to remain aloft uh in outer space while restoring the atmosphere how long could it potentially stay aloft in the upper atmosphere or space well you could you could stay aloft for an indefinite period of time because as i said uh, as long as you took some water some food along because the water is there in the clouds so you can dip down in the clouds replenish your your water and the sun is always there so if, if, as long as you've got water and sun you've got the power that all the power you need to fly and you can stay up as long as you want as long as you got some food yeah and um certainly uh multivitamins if we took multivitamins with us they don't take up very much space at all say if we stood up if we were up there for years and had children and we're taking multivitamins potentially could our mouths become smaller and smaller uh, I don't know about all that. Uh, yeah, I was just making a joke. Um, but, I mean, really food and certainly multivitamins, it doesn't – I was actually talking to my wife about this. It, it does not take up too much space. Um, so we really we really wouldn't have to have uh, too much space reserved for, for food, honestly. Well, if you put one of these on the moon, seal the edges, plant you some vegetables up there, and – the clear fiberglass under that, you'd grow the food you need. So if up there, so so if you were, if, if you remember in uh, this movie, The Space Odyssey, 2000 and something, Space Odyssey, they used the moon, 2001, right? Yeah. They used the moon as a jump off point to get into outer space up there. So, you know, it would be easier to do that. And they would have some food on the moon. You'd be able to grow food on the moon. That, that's, this is fascinating. Fascinating. Now, do you have uh, any more concepts for this or any more I ideas uh, that we haven't talked about already or parts of your, your invention that you believe to be different and unique to your flying saucer as opposed to any other form of air travel? Well, I, no, I think I think that this this is not comparable to any air travel that uh, is in existence now, uh, because uh, yeah, it doesn't use fossil fuels. That's my main point. We 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 need to save the oil for our plastic needs in the future. We need to recycle plastic instead of throwing it away because ultimately we'll run out of oil and we'll run out of plastic. Uh, 
somewhere down the line. And we need to do more research and what those coal and, and, and oil can do for other products rather than, than burning them up and seeing them go up the chimney as we've been doing in the past. I remember reading within the patent document uh, something I'd never heard of before called uh, a sine wave ring. What is a sine, sine wave? It's a sinusoidal. I call it a sinusoidal ring, and that's, that's a concept that I had. If you take a rectangular cross-section and create a ring from that, now, if you take a sine wave, normally uh, sine waves, you know, you, you get those in trans transmission of uh, for, for radio and all that, radio waves and things. But if you take the sine wave and run it along a circle that corresponds to, to the, the, the rectangular cross-section ring, and you, you, you chip out. Yeah, I'll show. I'll show you. You chip out the uh, the the sine wave out of that ring. You create a, a sinusoidal ring itself. Okay. It's like this. And what happens is you get that movement up and down, and and therefore when the rollers are going around that. That's causing the piston to go up and down, and the the, the uh, they're they're sucking air in on from the top side of the flying saucer. But uh, this is being turned by by the uh, generator that you have uh, on board. That's that's uh, being you know from from uh, that, that other form of generator that I showed you, the solar powered. Generator is is also the the, the uh, superheated steam is causing the the sinusoidal ring to, to spin around, and that's called that is what causes the the uh, piston to go up and down and suck air in from above, and then and then push it over into a compression chamber and use that compression chamber for your forward thrust and your vertical lift. That, that's fascinating, and and it could traverse in any direction. Uh, yep. Of course, you know, vertical, up and down, left and right, forward um, and back, zigzag from from one point, take a a uh, a uh, diagonal um, movement uh, quickly to a to another location. It's, it's fascinating. It, it's it literally it sounds like something that you would see in a sci-fi movie, and getting this this out to the public in a way where people understand it is going to be both interesting and and a challenge. But um, but I think we have we have the abilities to uh, to get this out to the right people. And the right amount of people, and uh, really bringing at least a huge amount of awareness that this is within the realms of of possibility. Um, second, it would benefit our planet. We just got to get past the 150 years of of, of 
pollutive industrial works and those those um, those old fat cats still sitting in their their petroleum seats, uh, just literally raping this planet. We got to get past those guys. Uh, but I think it's it's very possible. Uh, this would completely overturn all that we know. And no, it would, not rule everything. It would it would completely revolutionize the airline industry, the aerospace industry, uh, coal, oil industries, uh, everything because it changes the usage of uh, and the way everything is being used. So I realize that. But the thing is this. People who say, oh, I'm killing a lot of jobs, but at the same time creating just as many jobs as are being uh, uh, terminated. So you, you, it's, it's not that I'm hurting anybody by, by coming up with these concepts. Yeah, and, and then jobs, the transportation vessels or vehicles that they, that they would normally be using could slowly be replaced by by uh, specific versions of the saucer rather than um, you know rather than hauling a huge amount of material uh, raw materials from one site to the other with a an oil powered dump truck of some sort there could be a customized version of of your flying saucer that does the same thing but is not not polluting even on the uh, the work sites you see? True. There are endless, endless, endless um, possibilities in, in all facets of life, literally. Yeah, I, I agree. That, and I think that's what my purpose for being is, is to help to, to correct the things. And, and, you know, billionaires can joyride, but not at the expense of our health and the well-being of people on the planet and, and I, I just i have a hard time accepting accepting that now i don't have the funds but i will tell you this i've written to all of them asking for their help and nobody answers my letters i've written 40 i've tried 40 communications with with people in government and in private industry at least 40 times I've written letters and stuff, and nobody sent out. I had a wonderful proposal that I sent out that I would mail out to everybody. And they know what I'm doing, but nobody will answer. It's really sad, really sad. Well, you've got my support on this. Um, again, you're from Paducah, Kentucky, uh, right across the river from my hometown, little old metropolis, Illinois. Um, when I, when I was looking through the patent, uh, patent document databases, I seen Herbert Martin from Paducah, Kentucky. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then <laughs> here just about a week ago, I finally built up the courage. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say built up the balls to finally, uh, try to reach out to you. And I found your phone number. You answered the call. And, and here we are. And I'm not going to just give up on this. this it's not just a, like a flyby, you know, one time conversation kind of thing. Now, we we got to make a true effort to get not only the idea out there, but the message of how this could completely revolutionize 
a ritualistic legacy of pollution and environmental rape. And it has to change. And I think it's time. I think we really have a chance. I think so. I, I, I will tell you this. I want to be involved in the development of the prototypes and those things. Uh, so that if you get, I, I don't have any GoFundMe or anything like that, but if you find somebody with mutual interest who wants, who has mutual money, uh, I would certainly be willing to go anywhere and make any presentation to get uh, this sort of thing started. So if you find somebody, let me know. Oh yeah, we'll stay in we'll stay in communications on this. Uh, this <laughs> this is probably to, to the listeners probably the first time they've they've actually heard a an actual inventor of a flying saucer speak out on their invention and we just need uh, we just need a little bit of assistance on this because this is a huge campaign uh, I think to anybody listening understands this is this is some heavy stuff uh, it has the potential to literally overthrow the table and replace it with with something much much greater it helps the whole world I, I mean I know that and and people in Germany won't be, their streets won't be flooding. When you go to Alaska, you can see how far the glaciers have receded just because the earth is, is heating up. And the wildfires out, out west. But I, my, the other invention that I mentioned, the one that generates electricity, that can be used to help save earth itself. So I, we can talk about that at some other time. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting to me. Uh, that being added to the flying saucer, that already is based off of revolutionary technology, um, good ethical technology, um, as opposed to rockets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, rockets don't make sense. Um, I do believe that saucer-shaped vertical takeoff and landing aircraft that are powered by the sun and and water. I think that's moving literally in, in a good direction, um, <laughs> even much better than they could. You could even make smaller versions of them for personal transportation from getting from point A to point B. Well, you could make one as, as big as two city blocks and, and travel to, to Mars or something. It's, it's, it, it, it's unlimited, the possibilities. Yeah. And, and if you just if you wanted to go out and live live in the upper atmosphere or somewhere between the earth and the moon or somewhere between the i wouldn't say the earth and the sun but that that's that's highly likely somewhere between the earth and the moon you could just you could go out there and live in your flying saucer right yeah you could yeah as long as you can get to water that, that's that's all you need yeah, yeah. see the thing is maybe the construction and being made with titanium and clear fiberglass, you could grow vegetables. You could set that thing up out in outer space. And if you started your vegetables here on Earth, as long as you could go into the clouds and get some water somewhere, you could you could uh, you could eat and sleep and do what you want to out in outer space. Yeah. If you, I mean, I 
I'm not advocating that, but it's possible that, that a person could do that. Yeah, yeah an entire family. Uh, imagine being born aboard a flying saucer. <laughs> I, wonder, I, wonder, I wonder if, if the, uh, the physical traits over many generations uh, of people no, being would... on flying saucers, if, if the, the, the anatomy would change. Yeah, it would. Your, your anatomy would change. Yeah, because uh, they they've already done experiments with that. You know, uh, uh, NASA has already done done experiments. They know that your anatomy changes. Fascinating, fascinating. So very graphic. You know, just talking about it. Um, it literally listening to you talk is like watching some like an awesome sci-fi real life sci-fi documentary um and i, I want to thank you uh herbert martin the inventor of the gyroscopically stabilized saucer shaped vertical takeoff and landing aircraft well, in lay, layman terms a flying saucer flying saucer <laughs> thank you very much all right we'll be in touch and we'll talk soon we'll have a follow-up on on some other technologies that you have in mind so i want to thank you herbert martin take care okay Bye.